Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSB Magazine. Every company has a story to tell, from the small startup to the large enterprise, and everything in between. This is one of them. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. And I, I actually, I, I think I say this often in a joking way, but I can honestly say it today. I know, I know your password. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's something that it, I never know where Sean is going with this. Chris, you're a friend. We're talking here. We're having a good time. We're going to talk with you very soon. But I have to say, I dread sometimes what the first question from Sean to me is going to be. Because yes. we talked... What we talked about before we start recording, I'm like, he's gonna go there with my space. You're gonna be targeted. You're on the hunt. I, <laughs> the target is there on your back, my friend. I, I, have, I, I do have some ethics and morals that I won't share it. I know, but I'm gonna say something that I yeah. wanted to start my space again for a vintage experience, and I couldn't remember, you know, my email and everything. I was Chris. And Chris like, yeah, no problem. Here you go. Here's your hash. Here's your, <laughs> I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And then I'm like, well, good thing. Now we're going to talk about what happened when you leave your office, your company, and you live your life and uh, all your stuff is out there. Are we talking about this, Sean? Yeah, it's out there. And I, I think this is an important point. And, and Chris, we'll get to some of the things you're going to be talking about at RSA conference, um, which I'm, I presume will We'll get into some of this as well. It's just that this information is out there, right? The cyber criminals have access to it. Um, and therefore, organizations like Chris's Black Cloak have access to it. And Chris clearly has uh, good intentions uh, to help executives and high net worth individuals and anybody else who cares about their own security and privacy to at least know what's going on out there and where they are vulnerable. And, uh, that, that information is super handy when you know what to do with it. And uh, so without further ado, this is part of our Chats on the Road to RSA conference. And our good friend, Chris, who's been on the show many times, uh, is here with us. He is going to be in San Francisco. He has at least two speaking spots that I know of that uh, we're going to touch on today. Uh, I know there's a report out from Black Cloak that has some interesting info we're going we're gonna to get into. Uh but for those who haven't met Chris yet, the man with the info. <laughs> the man with MySpace account. My right. MySpace account. Not My MySpace. Yes. Uh, Dr. Chris Pearson. How are you, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We're opening up a whole new wing of Black Cloak. We're just going to specialize in executive <laughs> protection, digital executive protection for former MySpace accounts. Whole new That's wing, right. whole new <laughs> wing of the uh, company. That's what uh, all the good information is, I think. Marco's musical tastes are all, all there. It's all there. Yeah, and and all some there. picture when I was younger, but no, we're not going to talk about that right now. We're going to talk about what is coming uh, up. I, I can picture was. the interface and it's making me cringe. Oh my uh, gosh. Yes. I'll share it. I promise. I'll share it. Yeah. Talk so about Chris, our uh, conference. Well, yeah, but Chris, who, who, who is Chris? I know Chris. The founder of Black Cloak, but uh, give our audience a few words. 
who yeah. are, are new to this space, not my space, but this space, <laughs> and uh, who are listening in, in connection to RSA Conference and beyond. Yeah, What's going it's, on? Great to, it's great to be here with you guys. Uh, we're super appreciate it. Um, and it'll be great seeing you down at RSA too. Um, you know, I'm obviously Chris Pearson, CEO, founder of Black Cloak. Over 20 years in cybersecurity. Uh, some of it is outside counsel for a leading national law firm running their cybersecurity practice. And as chief privacy officer for the Royal Bank of Scotland, heading up uh, some of their global uh, global efforts there. Uh, two-time uh, chief information security officer. And then about 10, 11 years as a special government employee, uh, trying to help uh, fight the good fight, uh, helping in, in on several different committees for the uh, in, uh, government side. And, and Black Cloak. Black Cloak is a digital executive protection platform protecting executives in their personal lives. The 12 hours of the day where the company doesn't go, can't see, church and state have to be separate, but those risks and threats, they all come back to haunt the company. It's an attack surface. Um, it's something that has to be taken care of. So that's a lot of what Black Cloak does, works with a lot of leading companies to go ahead and extend their perimeter of protection, protect those executives in the personal life so that you can actually protect uh, your company. Yeah, it's super cool, and and we're we're thrilled to bring your story to uh, to light many times in many different ways uh, over the years, and and I, I believe I don't know how many years ago it was now, three, four, five years ago, something like that, where we actually met you at RSA conference. It may, <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. it may have been six years ago. I don't think Black Cloak was even yeah. in the radar yet. Black no, Cloak was I... not on not in the picture yet. No, uh, no, I think back, you were back in my CISO days. That's yeah. right. And, and, but still tapping into, uh, to the legal realm. I think your, your talk was on something around law and policy, uh, if I remember correctly, which caught my attention. And, uh, we, we've stayed connected ever since. And I want to get into it because you, you have two yeah. sessions and they're kind of different. <laughs> <laughs> very different. <laughs> very, very different. And, I don't know, both can connect to, to the opening we had. And let me, let me just start with, Backing back, because I, I was kind of teasing that I have Marco's password there, and and that could be used uh, potentially nefariously, and then Marco could actually hack back <laughs> if he wanted to. He could also find my password and and do something uh, bad in reverse. Um, so tell us a little bit about this session. What what's the intent of that? Oh. Uh, I think I think uh, you're you're on a is it a panel? There's three of you on this. Uh, Giorgio and uh, James are with you. Yeah. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about that session. What's going on there? Yeah. So we, um, uh, there was about 10 years ago, over a decade ago, uh, Jim and I actually did a, uh, uh, did a session for uh, IAPP, the International Association of Privacy Professionals. And it was a session on hacking back. It was a session where um, I've explored multiple different opportunities of instead of just doing defense, can we actually go do, you know, active defense? Can we actually do a little bit of offense? And a lot of it stems out of legal cases uh, way back when, kind of the old, you know, uh, man trap and shotgun case where, you know, can you go ahead and put a man trap and a, tie a string to a door and a shotgun to it? And then if a robber goes into your cabin you know, they get the shotgun blast and they die and you've saved your property. And what is actually proportional response? What isn't a proportional response? It's the old spring gun loaded trap uh, case, an actual real uh, case. And, um, and, and actually thinking about how does that physical realm translate into the cyber realm? So we're not just talking about, you know, hey, sinkholing traffic, 
dropping traffic, routing things, or doing deception activities, but we're actually talking about what else can you do? You know, can you put in a you know, color-coded paint packet, just like they do at banks, into the bundle of cash and it explodes and person is not injured? I mean, I guess theoretically they could, you know, maybe maybe get a little bit of a burn or a little bit of a something, but you know, they just have pink all over them. Um, you know, what types of escalations are there that are more active defense that don't involve a murder, death, kill type of scenario, but actually take the fight to the attacker? And um, we started that over a decade ago, uh, literally over a decade ago. And um, lo and behold, this summer, when I was thinking about things I wanted to talk about at RSA, I was like, well, let's talk about this. Now, we have no connection whatsoever to you know, the world politics today in terms of what's going on. But once again, very, very timely topic and one that actually has come up in, in that span of time from last August until present day. So what we're going to do is talk about it. We're going to talk about what is defense, what is clear offense and probably off limits and more and with the NSA, NSA intelligence agencies, defense department. And then what is a little more close to the line, tiptoeing over, tiptoeing over the line in that really, really heavy, dark gray zone of active defense and thinking about a little things around that, the legal, the policy, the operational, um, and who should be doing that? Who shouldn't be doing that? How can we explore that space a little bit more? I, I want to ask you this, because many times we talk about how legal can't really go as fast as technology is developing and how we look at past law. Of course, you're mentioning something that is still involved, a shotgun, right? I mean, and and still it can be part of a case. It can be part of certain rights and certain duty or certain legal situation. What's the situation here when you start moving into from corporate to private and and, and I'm sure Sean wants to follow with this, but I'm just curious from a societal perspective, how we balance all of this. Yeah, I mean, it really becomes, it, I mean, it becomes difficult. There's a whole policy angle here of what do we want as nations, right? Yes, the US, but other nations. What do we want our citizens doing or not doing? Do we want vigilantism? Do we want people taking the law into their own hands? What happens if it's the wrong person, right? The bad guy got you know, got taken out and the good guy picked up the gun and is standing there safeguarding the gun so that the, you know, this guy's a little groggy, but he might be able to grab it. All of a sudden the police officer comes in and just shoots him or the other bystander, a new bystander comes in, saw, you know, heard the shots and runs with their own gun and shoots that person, that good Samaritan who's standing there with the gun, but he thinks he was the assailant. There's a lot there in terms of, you know, on the cyber side of attribution and making sure you actually get the right target and the right damage and collateral damage. And, what happens if the malware or the attack is from a university network or from grandma's house or from the, all of these different things have to be kind of pulled in. It's not just an operational issue. It's not just a, can you do it? And how do you do it? And what are the rules of the road? It's a, how do you protect against collateral damage? How do, and, and who should be doing it policy-wise? Do we want this to be something within the toolkit of private companies and or private citizens um, and there are interesting debates there. It's not a clear yes or a no. There may be different levels, depending on what it is you're actually doing, that need to be further discussed. Not really condoning or supporting any one decision or any one approach, but it's most certainly something that I think needs a lot more discussion these days, a lot more discussion. And 
so no shotguns uh, here, obviously. Um, and I, I really like, I, I can't stop thinking about being like destroyed with pink stuff all over. <laughs> what, what's the equivalent of that? And where does it actually go? What, what's the equivalent of the person? What's the equivalent of the pink? How, yeah. What's the connection there in this digital world? Because I, I can see maybe tainting the, the equivalent of the money, right? No. The document or the records or some some kind of signature. Let's assume you can even you can even attribute uh, somebody to that. But w what's that connection? I'm very interested in that. Yeah. So think about it this way. Um, you know, you, you you have a private home, and uh, you know, can you go in and cameras outside? Yep, sure, absolutely. Can you go ahead and put the alarms? Yep, absolutely. Can you go ahead and have then the jewelry box? You know, two jewelry boxes, one that's real, one that's fake. Yep, perfect. And in one, put the pink packet. Yeah. Can you do that in your own home? Yes. Should a, if a party guest comes back from saying they're going to the bathroom and they come back with pink all over them, <laughs> you got an issue. The person is routing around, placing in your bedroom. They shouldn't be routing around. Um, any any long term damage? Any of this? Any of that? Uh, you know, no, not really. Um, maybe they're allergic to the pink dot. I don't know, but not really. Can you put a little grenade in there? Uh, you know, only take off a finger. They'll learn their lesson. Okay, now we're into that proportionality mix. So can you put in a real life-size grenade? You touch my, my box of uh, Rolexes and you're going to lose your life. Once again, proportionality. Um, you know, so on the cyber side, we see some of the same potentials, right? Can you go ahead and have, right, different deception uh, traps and different honeypots and all the rest? Yeah, most certainly. Absolutely. Can you go ahead and maybe have one of those files that gets stolen actually have something that beacons back? Interesting. Now there's the taking of and removing of something that has qualities, to it that you don't know about, but you shouldn't have to because, right, <laughs> they weren't yours to take. You took it. It's kind of inherent within the box or the document that you stole. Um, can you do that? That's a little more of a gray area. And in all intents and purposes, the answer is probably yes, you can. It can beacon back wherever it is. How about something that's malware? Can you have it so it destroys the system that it's on? Well, once again, now, okay, that's interesting. Maybe it neuters the system and makes it less usable, but is it a university system or grandma's computer or is it the actual bad guy's system? How about destroy the system? So whatever system it, that malware or that document ends up on, it all of a sudden launches some malware and it actually is a wiper attack on that system and on that network. Well, now you're potentially gonna have a whole lot of collateral damage, whole lot of unintended consequences, kind of what happened with Stuxnet in terms of, right, it got out of the box, out of control and migrated into other areas until it's global and right, actually been able to be reverse engineered and used against other places, other countries, other governments. So that's where you actually end up having some of the interesting debates. What else can you do there? Where else can you move in terms of cyber versus the, the physical world? And that's where like the exploding paint packet, you know, can you mark your own territory? Yeah. Can you mark it with a little grenade or take off a finger virtually? Probably not. How about a big grenade? Probably not as a normal private citizen in a normal corporation. I say, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, so many pictures in my head. Um, I, no questions can be a, a fascinating conversation, uh, with you, Giorgio and, and James that's in the law track, uh, yeah. RSA, which is pretty cool. And I'm looking here. It's Tuesday, the 7th, 8 30 AM oh, yeah. or nearly, nearly an hour chat with those two guys and right and early right and early sean right and early you're gonna wake everybody up with uh pink stuff 
Maybe there's maybe no that. one. There's no one that will have partied the night before. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> On a Tuesday, Monday night parties, exactly. Um, yeah. So uh, clearly, uh, I'd encourage everybody to check that one out. You're also doing uh, something along collateral damage. So we're, we're, some of the things you had, you just talked about, had collateral damage, but that's not what we're talking about in this other one. This is around supply chain, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, I mean. Uh, I don't even know how to connect this, but I think just even not everybody has the same level of uh, awareness and and uh, security mindness, <laughs> right? Yeah. Especially when you start digging down into some of the smaller organizations in the supply chain, and and that stuff works its way back to you somehow, some way. Marco's password for MySpace can can be probably reused for something else. I don't know. We'll have to see. But uh, what's this session on uh, supply chain? It's called Collateral Damage, uh, Prepping Your Organization for a Supply Chain Attack. And that's uh, you, you seem to really have a good connection with James uh, Shreve. Yeah. Jim's on with you for that one as well. What's yeah, going on there? Yeah. Just good, good, good friend, good people. Um, you know, what's nice is, um, so RSA has the, uh, these opportunities for learning labs. Um, this is probably the fourth or fifth year we've done a learning lab. Um, it's interesting. There are different people. And as you, you, you point out, you know, there are some folks that are able to go to RSA for a first time, some folks that are just able to get the travel budget and get in there. Some people are going around to just sink in and learn as many uh, sessions as they possibly can. But learning labs are really a come in, drop in on a finite, extraordinarily well-rehearsed, well-prepared topic and actually do live learning sessions. So by the time you exit that hour and a half, you have already been through mock scenarios there's no talking about it, telling people, hey, maybe, you know, think about this, think about that. Literally, we break people up. And this one's on supply chain. So we literally have a mock scenario where we go through a supply chain attack against the fictional company. We break the 10 different tables up into groups. Some people are representing the board. Some people are general counsel. Some people are marketing. Or some people are, right, the security function, legal compliance, shareholders, all the rest. And we basically walk through the scenario from your specific vantage point, it's a great time to learn as how somebody else thinks. How does marketing think about this? How does PR think about it? How does the board think about it? And to actually go through that attack and we change and morph the attack as we move through it. So it's literally like a tabletop learning lab exercise and you get that all on the first day of RSA right there, kick it off with not just the learning and picking up some new tidbits from people that have been there before and done that, um, in terms of risk assessments and policies and how to actually operationalize it, but you actually do it live real time and can take back real operational items and kind of experiential learning right back to your organization immediately following RSA. Yeah. And then that one is, uh, that's Monday, 830 oh. in the morning for, as you said, an hour and a half. I, I'm looking here you're covering the risk aspect of this, uh, yep. the, the governance. How do you ensure that everything is, I presume, uh, in line with policy and, and regulation and how you're enforcing all of that? And then response and isolation. So when it happens, it sounds like you're going to you're going to dig into uh, actually how to limit the damage and perhaps recover. Is that right? Absolutely. And what's cool is that you have people, right? The, the folks that will be there, right? Jim, myself, you have folks that have the legal bent, the privacy, the CISO bent, been on the boards uh, and all the rest. So we're really going to like share some of our lessons learned 
um, as we go through this. So you can pick up different types of ways that people think about things, different ways of rationally thinking about it from a policy or governance perspective. But then at the end of the day, walk away with something that is solvable and actionable. And then, and then there is the individuals. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's yeah, connect with that. Cool. I mean, Sean went back in, uh, you know, memory lane when we met you and, you know, you're still, of course, talking about all this important topic, but then from there, you, you realize that something needed to be done in, in a little bit of a different, looking at things from a different angle, which is, yeah, companies, important government and, and, and legal and privacy and all of that, but then people go home and it's not that they just forget they then turn another planet. Like people are still connected to the business. You just prove that with the MySpace account. I mean, it's a, it's kind of a joke, but it's not a joke. I mean, then from there you can fire back and, and backtrack to so yeah. many different things. So, tell me about where are you focusing now with with your business with Black Cloak and why somehow, unless people already figure it out, it's connected with everything else. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, um, you know, what's interesting is, is that, you know, RSA is just going to be such a great time to like get in, get back into the things, get back in the swing of things in terms of with former CISO friends, uh, with former uh, friends from that have moved around and shuffled during all of COVID. Um, you know, Black Cloak and what Black Cloak is doing, you know, hits right into that area, digital executive protection. The CISO, no matter where the threat is coming in from, whether it's in their personal life or their corporate life, they're targeting them because of the company. They're not targeting, you know, CEO for a bank or COO for a bank just for kicks. They're targeting them because of who they are and what they represent to larger organization and everything else. So we're going to be having a lot of meetings with a lot of CISOs, a lot of current clients, uh, some new, new, new hopeful clients um, that are there. But really talking about that mission of digital executive protection, that mission of going ahead and protecting the holistically their privacy and their personal devices and their homes. And of course, the peace of mind back into the CISO that those 12 hours are covered. So I think, you know, as I look at RSA, I think it's going to be a lot of really, the, you know, the emphasis for the whole week is going to be on reconnecting with people first and foremost, reconnecting with people in the community, um, peers and all the rest. Second, big aspect partnerships. Um, we have a lot of companies that we're working with that are, you know, sisters and brothers in the, in the cybersecurity landscape. So, you know, myself and those other CEOs will be kind of plotting uh, some next steps of what we do from partnership wise. And then I'm actually super excited to get out there. You mentioned the people part, right? Get out there, get underground and get moving around the show floor, uh, see some of the new, cool, exciting technologies, how people are thinking about things, how people are advertising, marketing them. Um, but just thinking through some of those new things that have been spotted um, two years past uh, the start of COVID, it's going to be really interesting to see what new ideas have sprouted up and what people are doing to tackle things. And, you know, you, you just said the thing that where I was going to go like this two years. I mean, they've been you look back, it seems like they're 10. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I was like back remember. to MySpace days. I don't know. Exactly. I go all the way back there. But I also go back to, you know, two years ago when we were at RSA oh. conference and how relevant these two years have been with the working from home, with yeah. the remote presence and how, again, it connects. I want to connect again with, with, with Black Cloak because it seems easy to say, yeah, the company is protecting you, the, the C-level, the manager, 
in the company and then now protect your home as well. But there is those conversation we had about you can't really do that because then there is a privacy and the CISO does the CISO wants to have that responsibility exactly. to deal with the private life of your the manager. So tell me tell me about that one and how these yeah. two years have been so uh, you know relevant for changes in our lifestyle. Well, yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting as you guys know, because you, you were, you were there with me, uh, you know, from the beginning in terms of like early days, 2018 is I kept on saying the home is the new battleground. The home is the new yeah. battleground. It's the soft underbelly of the corporation. We knew so from a, from a, a you know, classified and cleared world that it was um, most certainly as a CISO, I saw different machinations of that in terms of the intrusions into the personal life. Um, prior to COVID, you know, there was always a little bit of an explanation, you know, 30 minutes of actually, why is that relevant? How is that relevant? As soon as COVID hit and as soon as everyone ended up, you know, basically working nonstop from home for over a year and a half, um, and let's face it, still to this day, um, it became one of those things where the aha moment was, well, of course the home is the new battleground, right? <laughs> There's no more justifying it or explaining it. Everyone understood the home all the devices in the home, all the members of their family, everything, that ecosystem is who the executive is, is who the board of director is, is who that team member is. And everything that happens there can translate back into a risk or harm to the company, whether it be where they live, <laughs> much more relevant now, their home telephone number, their cell phone numbers, their personal email addresses and the protections they're in. All of these became, well, they've always been, uh, absolutely tied to the security of the company, always in terms of an attack surface. But they became infinitely more relevant, more rational, and we began to see a lot more intrusions into their personal life attack the company across the entire board. Um, things have gone gangbusters uh, in terms of what we've been able to do in terms of provide that layer of security, that layer of confidence, that layer of peace of mind back to the system that things are covered there. But I mean, it, the model really pre and post COVID really exploded. Everyone gets it now. Everyone understands. And furthermore, every single CISO knows bad idea to go into the home and to go there with their people or their technology. Church and state have to be separate for privacy reasons, legal reasons, and quite honestly, just not saddling the team with that type of uh, type of scope of uh, work items. Uh, you know, it's um, yeah, it's just COVID really spurned things along. And, and Chris, I, I can't mention the, the company, but I had a good friend works uh, for one of the largest banks in the U.S. And, and there, there, was, there was a time, it also happened during, during this, but, all, but there were instances before COVID where uh, social injustice, injustices and, and activities mm -hmm. uh, that perhaps put employees at all levels at risk um, physically um, in their home and, uh, they, I'll just say the networks they connect to, yeah. uh, at risk, uh, which if you're working from home and you're relying upon that ISP and the ISP gets burnt down, how yeah. resilient is that connection for that em critical employee doing work for the company? And then, then there's a the safety aspect and she was struggling with where, where did, where do those lines get drawn? And do we have a responsibility to, to ensure resiliency for the, the network connections and the ability to do work, but also them personally, because we're asking them to work from home. 
in that yeah. environment. And it very it was very touchy for her to to, to yeah. draw those lines and and maintain them. We do that, you know, it's interesting is we do it every single day, right? Like think about it this way. The company cares about you, the employee, you, the coworker. So they offer you health insurance and life insurance and vision and dental and all the rest. Um, for those executives and those people that are more at risk, you know, they have global air travel, kidnapping ransom, Mayo Clinic, you know, physicals and concierge medicine. The company already does it. Um, they've always been doing it. There's always been people that they need to provide a solution to to ensure, quote unquote, their overall general health and hygiene and well-being. Um, many, you mentioned banks, so banks protect their physically, right? Um, their executives hold up buttons, hold up alarms, all the rest monitored by bank, whole bunch of the technologies there. They do that because they know that people are big hit up and ransom risks. Um, it was only the natural extension uh, four years ago to go ahead and do digital executive protection. Same theory, same philosophy. Same, same kind of rules of the road. Uh, person gets taken care of in a private fashion. No information shared back with the company. Aggregate level data, uh, data only on those 50 executives, 100 executives. And back to the company and back to the CISO, they get the peace of mind of knowing that actual risks have been mitigated so that you're not going to have an attack that's happening at home or in the personal life kind of bounce back and, and hit the, hit the uh, work area, the work environment. So... But, um, but yeah, I love that. I love that story. Yeah, and you have a, a, a white paper, a report that we're actually going to put the link in this podcast so people can actually see what Black Cloak does. And I think many people that just think about what you do may think like, okay, they, they just go in the house and be sure that the Wi-Fi is protected and a couple of devices. But then in this, there is an entire system, like, almost like a solar system. <laughs> <laughs> graphic the show how many different points you actually touch so give us a little like a quick idea of how no. far and and how holistic this approach is yeah it's a good question i mean look at the end of the day in order to actually do this you have to do the whole package uh an individual point solution doesn't work it just it's it just doesn't work at all so we break it down to four areas privacy devices home and the peace of mind, the concierge, super important. On the privacy side, the whole goal is shrink the attack surface. Go and remove everybody's data broker information, all the information about their home, home number, address, phone numbers, emails, all that personal information, remove it from the data broker sites. Deep depth web, dark web, do it for them in their personal life. The company may do it for their work address, but in their personal life, they can't. We do it only in their personal life and give them all that data and then help them fix it. Password resets, dual factor authentication, encrypted password vaults. We do privacy hardening there as well. So every device is looking like what they want it to look like in terms of sharing and information sharing on the devices on the apps that they have. That's privacy. Devices, simple. You have to go ahead and be the endpoint preventative. No alerting, right? Preventative, stop things from happening on their cell phone, tablet, and computer, the personal devices. Stop the bad stuff from happening. Have it back-ended by a 24-7, 365 security operations center. And do other interesting things. Every endpoint has deception on it. So you're actually doing some of those large corporate items in the home networks. The, uh, the homes, literally pen test the homes. Go ahead and every single week, hack into the homes. Try to hack into homes, try to break in, protect all the IoT devices, protect all the networks. 
and then back it up with award-winning concierge bespoke, no limitation on time, devices, scope, anything privacy and cybersecurity related, taken care of so that it takes all of this off the back of the CISO, the deputy, the security operations director, the threat intel person, and their whole security team at the company. Remove all of it. We become that point of contact for only their personal life. So that's the holistic platform. It is absolutely a platform play and uh, apps on all their endpoints and a relationship, just like they would have in the private wealth space, a relationship with somebody at Black Cloak. That's the way you solve it. And it's such a, I mean, such a great idea, Chris. And um, I mean, I'm personally thrilled to have been with you since the beginning or not, not with you since being a bit aware of it since the beginning, yeah. uh, as it, as it became a thought in your mind and we, you told us this is what I'm about to go do. And I'm like, this is so, so <laughs> cool and, and beyond cool. It's important. And, um, so you're going to be in San Francisco. I will gonna be. be there for the few days. Uh, there, there's a link we're going to put in the show notes, uh, where people can, uh, find out more about your presence there and, and how to connect with you. Yep. Um, if they don't end up there, they can, they can certainly see you at the sessions. Absolutely. <laughs> so, oh yeah, so, absolutely. Yep. So I would encourage you the learning lab on Monday, that's uh eight 30 to 10, uh, obviously local time Pacific there Monday, the six, uh, that's the collateral damage, uh, supply chain attack, uh, learning lab. And then, uh, you're on the panel on Tuesday, the seventh, eight 30 to nine 20, uh, hacking back to be or not to be and uh, two amazing conversations. I can already tell um, it, it's hard to get a speaking spot at, at these conferences. So kudos to getting to encourage everybody to listen and attend those more importantly, stick around and connect with Chris after uh, talk to him about those topics. And then also uh, the role of security uh, for executives mostly uh, business folks at RSA conference as well. I would imagine there might be a few high net worth folks running around that have invested in some cybersecurity companies that could benefit from Black Cloak <laughs> as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to call you a friend and uh, I hope everybody gets a chance to meet you in person. Um, yeah, and, and just a personal week. note, I'll be back on MySpace if you want to know my password <laughs> and everything, just ask Chris. Oh, that's exactly. Right. That's right. <laughs> share, share that far and wide. That oh my gosh! Absolutely. It's going to be. It's going to be great to see everyone. It's going to be great to see everyone back in action. It's going to be great, Sean and Marco, to see you guys connecting with yeah. you there. Uh, really great, and uh, I'm super looking forward to it. So excited. Yeah. Always great uh, chatting with you. Uh, yeah. Always a pleasure. Yeah, Sean, not so much, but you, I love it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it goes without saying. But you said it anyway. That's good. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening to this uh, chats on the road to RSA conference 2022 in San Francisco. Uh, it's great to great to be back at it again. Uh, and Chris, always a pleasure. Thanks for being on the show. Hope everybody gets a chance to connect with you. And uh, stay tuned. Well, links in the show notes. I said that already. But uh, stay tuned for more. Uh, Marco and I have some more stuff planned, and a lot of our hosts have some things uh, planned as well. So a lot of live streaming from RSA conference, so yeah. stay tuned for that as well. Yeah. Awesome. Peace. Awesome. I'll see you guys. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you learned something new and the story made you think, 
Then share ITSBMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.